Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, alongside the 96 Camp Double Zero himself, Tony Delp. My name is Vinny Hardy. PD, how we doing today, man? Man, it is a great day on this side. I'm excited to go to the gym, work with a few of my kids. Uh couple of my teams will be practicing. I have my sixth grade boys practicing and my eighth grade girls practicing for their upcoming fall league game on Saturday. So just really um, trying to help these kids get better, man, you know, just in the gym and kind of giving them some of of my knowledge, but also kind of helping them learn how to um, how to read defenses. I think that's the thing that's probably the hardest for younger kids is being able to read defense but but want to learn offense before they read defense so you know just trying to you know break it down to them and uh teach them this game uh, from a fundamental standpoint absolutely y'all caught last week's episode we had dan dick he like yourself runs a basketball academy i know uh, matt moderno and larry hughes from believing wizards larry's got a basketball academy that's kind of something you guys didn't have coming up, but you guys are passing on to the youngsters coming up now, which is a huge help to them. It has been, you know, just to be able to get in the gym with, you know, ex-NBA players and guys who've coached. Um, you know, I, I think it really helps the kids out. Our, when I came up, our organized basketball was, you know, playing in the backyard, going to um, going to a YMCA, um, you know, it, it was different kind of organized basketball. So what I'm seeing now and what I've gotten used to is that, you know, organized basketball for these kids would be like a fall league, a rec league, AAU basketball. And it really comes from the parents, you know, signing these kids up, you know, and, and kind of pushing them out there to play and do some organized. You know, we took it upon ourselves, you know, to go out and play basketball, maybe get on the phone. But, you know, if there was – you know, we, we knew exactly the days that hoops were going to take place, you know, the time and days. And, and you know, you might have 15, 20 guys come. So if, if you were one of those kids that wasn't good, you didn't get picked up, you know. And, and I don't think these kids understand, you know, how important it is for them to, to fail and, and not be one of the kids that's picked up. Because if there's only 10 kids, every kid thinks they're supposed to play. You know what I'm saying? But when you have 15 kids and 15, 20 kids, or sometimes, you know, you have some some older kids mixed in, 
they're going to pick guys that's going to help them win games. You know, because if you lose, you got to sit on the sideline. You might have to wait three or four games. And that's the one thing I learned about being competitive is that I think that's what this generation has missed more than anything is that they really don't have to compete against someone because if you already have it organized, they just got to show up and play. Yeah, sure. Sure. Before we go any further, I, it's, uh, I guess it's official, but it's not in effect yet. And you're definitely going to know what I'm talking about, but we're about to have a sponsor join us on the podcast. And it's one that you already know well, because you are repping it, you are endorsing it, and you are already on board with the La Terrain timepieces. LaTerrain.com is going to be jumping on and sponsoring the podcast here towards the end of the month. Right. I'm proud to be able to talk Zimbabwe. Check out those watches, com, and, and tell them you, you saw them and purchased yourself one by hearing about it on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. TD, you already know you know what it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. LaTerrain La, La is, is um, you know, definitely reaching out and, you know, getting people like myself, Tony Beckham, um, Walter McCarty, you know, just guys who – who can just help really just grow the brand even more, you know, to have a, a great watch and, you know, what they put now. I love their bands and, you know, just a great owner, you know, and just people who are just striving to, to put something, put a timepiece on your, on your wrist that, you know, people will notice. And um, when, you, when you get opportunity, you know, and for those listeners, definitely go out, you know, look at it, you know, see one that you like and uh, purchase it for your boyfriend for your husband, you know, uh, for your significant other, whoever that might be, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's supporting an unbelievable cause. So I'm glad that they um, reach, out, reach out to me and, uh, you know, want to bring me on board and, and make me a part of their family. So it's exciting for them to, uh, to join us. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is almost like a little sneak preview for that name, La Terrain, in future episodes for sure. Were you always a big watch guy, even as a, as a young fella coming up? Did you kind of get your your feel for the watches as you were grown? How did that go? I've I've always been a watch guy. You know, I, I haven't um, for some time. I was I was buying like the the Swatch watch. You know, I've had had a had a few Rolex watches. Um, you know, so I kind of got into them, and and I'm real particular about what I do. You know, because I'm, I'm kind of like a creature of habit. You know, so once I like something. You might see me buy three or four of those, four or five, you know, uh, I'll just start buying different colors of colors and staying in the same style. You know, it's kind of like with, uh, you know, with my my Air Jordan 1s, you know, I have probably so many pairs of them. And I probably over the last three or four weeks, I've ordered uh, maybe three or four new pairs, or, uh, AJ 1s. But, you know, back to uh, La Terrain watches is that, you know, it, it's – it's something that's nice, you know. It's always good as a as a man to have a, a nice timepiece on. It's like having a nice timepiece on, and having a nice pair of shoes. I think those are the two things that I've always noticed when you know I see you know professional men. You know, I'm like, hey, what kind of shoes they wearing? Boom, nice shoes. Oh, I like that timepiece. So those have always been two things that always stood out on me when I when I come in contact with professionals is what their watch game is like and what their shoe game looks like. Absolutely. So LaTorrain.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Y'all be hearing about that more and more on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. College basketball news, TD, because we, we were about to jump into these playoffs, but 
the date for the start of college basketball looks like it's going to be November the 25th. CAA is still dotting I's and crossing T's and will we have bubbles, will we not? But the November 25th date looks like will be the start of the season for 2020 and 2021. It's finally, it's, it's finally good to have something on the calendar. I know I, I've been – I've probably been bugging these college coaches, man, by calling them and saying, hey, man, you know, when the season will start. No one, no one really knew. You know, it's kind of like, well, we think it's going to be sometime in November. But to get a to get a date um, solidified, you know, I, I think it's great for these these collegiate basketball players, and along with the, you know the men and, and the women, you know, just get them at least have them, you know, and coaching staff and um, supporting staff, you know. Good air. Lost you, man. <clears throat> More prepared for that that first game that you're gonna have, and uh, you know, so it, it really depends on you know where the program is at, and I think you know different budgets allow certain programs to do a little bit more. But when I can just hear there's a date, I get excited. Like, man, we're gonna have we actually gonna have some college basketball. You know, I, I've gotten a chance to really see quite a bit over the last two or three months of AAU basketball, and like I said, you know, earlier. Um, you know, my teams are kind of, you know, playing in the fall league and there's about a hundred some plus teams. So, you know, we're still taking the proper precautions, you know, definitely sanitizing uh, the bleachers, uh, still using hand sanitizer, still checking temperatures, still practicing social distancing. Parents are coming to the gym and they've done a, done a phenomenal job of coming in with masks on. So that's about as safe as you can get when you're, when you're conducting the indoor sport, you know, so, but, but it really depends on, all parties involved and everybody trying to protect each other. And it's, it's good that they haven't let their guard down yet. You know, it's to be disciplined enough to keep doing this for a long period of time, even though we don't like it and don't care for it. It's good that they're still continuing to do it and they, they haven't started dropping the ball on it. You know what? I, I think once it starts, I think it, it becomes routine. You know, I, I was, um, I was going into the bank yesterday and, you know, I'm, I'm always one that wherever I go, I have a mask. I got like three or four, maybe four or five in the car. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was, I was going to get in. I was running the bank real fast to get something, come right back out. And when I walked in, I'm, I, I saw everybody. I'm like, man, some, some, something's not right. You know, I just felt, I felt different than, from everyone else. And I didn't have my mask on. And uh, she was like, oh, yeah, you know, just grab one. It's on the counter. So I went and grabbed one. I was like, man, you know, that was like the first time that I've walked into a restaurant, a bar, a convenience store, um, you know, a bank uh, without having my mask on. And, and it just, it felt different. So I think the more people do it, it's like a routine, you know, you get used to it and you get familiar with it. So, you know, I think with, with my parents who have been coming to these different games, you know, and even when, you know, the parents drop the kids over at practice, come in and, you know, they're sitting there watching their kids, you know, they, they're respecting the other the other parents. And that's the one thing I have enjoyed about, you know, running my program and, you know, us having grown from last year is that, you know, parents know each other, you know, so we're trying to protect the kids and make sure that, you know, we're not infecting anyone. So I have, you know, I appreciate what, what they have done and just, you know, their um, you know, consideration for all the other people that are involved. Absolutely. Man, these, these playoffs, we down to a final four. Lakers, Nuggets, Heat, Celtics. What's been your impressions? And and first of all, look, former cat. Oh, 
before we get into that, let's talk about the Clippers. You know, so I, I want to get your your input on when you look at a team that had as much talent as the Clippers, and when it got down to seven in the deciding game, and after you know after the loss, what do you think about chemistry with a team that's loaded with talent? What's your what's your intel? What's your input? You know, when you think about a team that was picked to win it from uh, when the season started, even in the bubble, and then they come up short and they complain about, oh, our chemistry wasn't good. Oh, well, there's there's some truth to that, <laughs> but um, come they, on, B, come on, man. What, what are you talking about? Some truth to that? When you have three one. There is not any truth to chemistry. So your chemistry was bad when you're up three one. So speak. I, I think they they what it was it was there ever truly a leader? Whose team was it? Was it Kawhi's team? Was it Paul George's team? This this team gave the Warriors fits last year before you brought the superstars in. You know, they were giving Golden State all they wanted. And now you up three one though. Listen, man, you up three one. What are you talking about? Up three one. And in, two, in game five and game six, you up 16 to 19 points. B, come on, man. Chemistry? Are, are we are, – chemistry? Can, can you even come to the podium and say, you know, chemistry oh. is the reason why no, we you lost this, this series? No, you can't. Even if there is some truth to that, no. The, the post-game press conference was bad by everybody. It was Paul George was saying crazy stuff. Kawhi was having some bad answers. Uh, <laughs> Lou Williams was giving bad answers. I, I've never seen Lou struggle. Dude was missing layups. He he is instant. It's like he was trying to throw the game almost. It was so bad. It, it, it was bad. You know what? But I'm, I'm going to tell you uh, the pressure. And you can just see the pressure start mounting up, man, where, where they were – Shots that I'd seen them make in games one through four and even, you know, part of five and, and part of six, like those shots were short. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, you take take the shot that Paul George shot, hit the corner, corner of the back. What I mean, that, that's that's nerves, you know, that that's pressure, that's nerves, and that has nothing to do with chemistry because at the end of the day, you're still getting those same shots that you were getting, in, you know, in every game. Now, you know, and you have to – and not to take anything away from from Denver Nuggets, you know they they made the proper adjustments and they went out there and, and they delivered. You know they executed the way the Clippers didn't execute. But when I start hearing excuses about oh our chemistry is bad, you know oh we don't have a leader, but when you up three one, we didn't hear any of that. When they were up three one, we were already talking about okay man, this this Laker the Laker Clippers series man that's gonna be that's gonna be one of the most exciting series that we've seen and. In so many years. So as you build a team, and the Clippers built their team for the Lakers. So I still think organizations, GMs, and president, you know, you got to build the best team available for all opponents. You know, although, you know, there were teams that were built for LeBron that couldn't get by him, that never made it to him. You know, there was one year I remember that, that you know, that, that Toronto team was built for, you know, hey, we got all these good players, you're ready. We're ready for LeBron. We're ready to take him down. But when when the time came, they didn't even get to LeBron. You know, so you can build your – you can construct a team to beat another team. But to me, that's disrespect to the other teams you have to face. That's true. For sure. You put put all their eggs in the Laker basket and got tripped up by Denver. 
<laughs> Tripped up, they did. <laughs> and, and, and and that and that Kentucky guy by the name of Jamal Murray. I mean, hey, hey, that that dude is that dude's a baller. You know what I'm saying? And you know, no, uh, the Joker, like I said, another you know another player that when you look at him and how he just dominated, you know, um, the you know the Clippers was that when you build these certain teams, you know, and, and it's funny going back, you know, going back to Houston, how they built their team, the small ball is that, you know, I know analytics and everyone is talking about oh, how important the three point shot is, but you still need to have bigs that can protect the rim and bigs that can still play around the basket. So you don't ever want to just take them completely out of the, out of the equation, which, you know, I, I was shocked that, you know, Daryl Moore, who still has a job today and, then they told him, like, I'm not coming back, man. I, I have no chance to win with this team. So sometimes you got to check out yourself. You know what I'm saying? You got to know this is not a great situation. I cannot win in this situation. And on top of going, let's go back to the Clippers, is that, you know, we're looking at Montrez. You know, I think him and Paul George might have had a little disagreement. Uh, like I said, Kawhi, you know, he had a couple of different answers at the podium. Lou Will. But a lot of this falls back on their head coach, Doc Rivers. You know, let, let's, let's not leave him out of how bad they played. And when it comes to, you know, I was, I was just listening to someone talk about, like, the leads that he's lost. He's been up 3-2 maybe four or five times, you know, 2-0 once, 3-1 uh, three, three uh, a few times. So he is a coach that's been in big games, and he hasn't delivered other than winning the championship for, of course, the Boston Celtics. But since that time, he's had some good talent. And in the, with the Clippers, you know, they did some guys that get hurt in the playoff. But at the end of the day, you know, this bubble was a different situation for them and for every other team. So it wasn't just them. It was the Lakers, the Nuggets, uh, the Celtics, the Heat. Everybody was in the bubble. So it wasn't like, okay, hey, we don't have a team in the bubble. And, you know, we – we don't know what to do in this bubble. But when you're up 3-1, everything is fine. Everybody's celebrating. Everybody's smiling. But when that pressure hit, them smiles went to frowns. They say you can't just flip the switch. You can't turn it on. You can't turn it off. But every time Denver was down double digits, it's like they knew they could just flip the switch and, and, and you know, go, to, go from being down 15 up 15. In five, and six. And this was – go ahead. In five minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, they would have that lead just, you know, trim back down, and then they were extending their lead themselves. It was crazy how they did that every game. Well, and I look at it, too, from a standpoint of, you know, they was trying – they really – like like the media, and I know that's part of what we're doing right now, uh, they really was trying to portray this team as, like, one of the best defensive teams since the Chicago Bulls, you know, from a standpoint of having Patrick Beverly – PG, Kawhi Leonard, you know, you got Morris, you got all these great defensive players. I'm thinking like, man, do you understand how great those Chicago Bulls team were? And if they were ever up 3-1, that you know the series was done. If there was no question about when that team, when that great defensive team, with, of course, the best player in the world, Michael Jordan, when that team got up on, on you 3-1, uh, you might as well have your clothes packed. Like, you was going on vacation. Like, there was no – there was no, oh, we coming back from a 3-1 lead on Chicago Bulls. You just know that. And even to to LeBron James' credit, you know, I think if he gets up 3-1, you can cancel Christmas, you know, because he is someone, when we look at the leadership that the Clippers didn't have and the identity that they were searching for a leader. And, you know, uh, I look at a player like Kawhi Leonard. He's more of a, 
you know, I, I don't know if he's the leader by example, but you know, PG is you no, know, he's not he's not taking on leadership role. Doc, I think Doc is past that, you know, where man, I gotta still try to be a leader and motivate these grown men. You know, at some point, you know, you become complacent as a coach. Like you've done this over and over again, and you're hoping that these players, when they step on the court, they know the magnitude of this game. They know, hey, you know, th this is it. You know, we, there is no coming back when there's a game seven and play one more game. This our season is on the line right now. So if you don't, if you can't go out and compete and play your heart with the game on the line, you don't deserve to win. And on top of that, you know, you can't complain after the game. Give that team credit. That team did something that that no one, that no other team has done. Come back from two, three, three-one series in the same season. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. So, you know, give them the, give, give them their just, give them their credit for, Hey man, you know what? They fought hard. They wanted it more than us. Now, as we fast forward to the playoff, who do you have winning the Lakers or Denver Nuggets? Who? And I'm gonna, I'll say this. I'll go ahead and say the Lakers are going to lose game one. Cause that's what, there's a pattern there already. That's what they've done all playoffs. Uh, <laughs> So I'm gonna go ahead and say Denver go, is gonna to win tomorrow uh, if the Lakers keep doing what they're doing to start the series off. Um, I'll still Denver just keeps getting no respect. I'll say the Lakers in six, just because Bron's oh. been there, and you know is Millsap gonna guard him? Grant, you know I don't know who they're gonna. I mean everybody. Man, can't nobody. Can't nobody guard LeBron. We talking about like like LeBron has been unguardable for for seventeen years, you know, and and that's that's the problem is I think you get so caught up in worrying about and you have to worry about it. I mean, you have to worry about how can we slow this locomotive down. And I understand when you build your team, especially you you're in that same conference and you're going to face LeBron. You have to have the bodies to be able to defend him and. I think what made the Golden State team so good was that he still, you know, he still put up some, you know, some incredible numbers against them. But when you when you can add a, a Kevin Durant and it's somebody that he has to guard because he's not going to run around with with, with with Clay Thompson, he wasn't guard Steph Curry. Uh, Draymond was out of position. He was a hybrid. He was going to play all over the court, and he wasn't going to put him on the five. But he had to guard another elite player. And that took away from some of his aggressiveness, probably playing defense. Because now that dude over there, he's pretty, he's he's pretty darn good himself. I have to respect him. And also I know he can give me 30 too. So I might, I might get 30 and I might give up 30. So I don't think no one else who he's played against since that time can match, you know, him point for point. You know what I'm saying? If you if you look at what Denver has, you look at what let's say if you get to maybe Tatum. Tatum is really good, but Tatum, like he, he would destroy Tatum because he's just so much stronger than Tatum. And it's different when you got to try to get 30 against him and he gets his 30, 30, 11, 9. You know, he impacts the game totally different than, than most. And I think when he won against Durant, you know, he was also getting assists and rebounds. You know, he was they, – they, they, like I said, they X each other out. And if you could X LeBron out, now your complimentary players – not, not, I can't even say Golden State compliment. Golden State other all-stars, you have to account for them. So that's a problem. So as we go into this Denver series, you know, they don't have nobody that can go all LeBron. Okay, let's, let's put that out there right now. So now with Jokic being as good as he is, 
they have enough bodies that, that they can throw at him. McGee, they can throw Howard, they can throw – so AD is out there. They have the bodies to throw at him. So he will – no, he – He's going to get his points. He's going to rebound. No, he's still going to be a facilitator. But they can neutralize him some. And then now we just got to focus on Jamal Murray. And like I said, we'll put some big bodies on him. We'll make it tough for him. So I just think from LeBron leadership, and he'd know, like, man, the two teams that probably would have given him the most problem, they're, they're out They're out the playoff right now. And that would have been Milwaukee Bucks and it would have been the L.A. Clippers. And flipping back to Denver, and of course we'll hit everybody in a minute, but if you talked about Jokic facilitating, if you're the Nuggets, do you try to get a solid to elite point guard? Because Jokic is bringing the ball up most of the time, or you just let him still be point center? I think it works, man. You know, like I say, it's almost like when I'm, when I'm watching we'll, – we'll get into football in a second, but when I'm watching – some of the elite teams play, or let's say for the for the Clippers, for instance, it's like when a team loses, oh, we need something. We need. I don't think the Clippers need anything with leadership. I, I just thought they, you know, they choked. I mean, they they it was one of the one of the worst choke jobs I've ever seen. You know, and, and whether you had a point guard or you had you had all all the pieces out there to the puzzle, I just think, you know, when you have a special talent, and you know, we can talk about the the championship that LeBron lost, but how many times did he get there? You know what I'm saying? Like, it takes a lot to put a team on your shoulder and go round for round for round and get to an NBA championship and sell here now. You know what I'm saying? So it speaks volume for, you know, his body work. I think he's, what, what a a 15-time first-team all-NBA selection. Unheard of, man. You know, like I said, but – it also talk about his durability. I don't think anybody durability, you know, other than maybe Kareem and, and Kareem spent what three, three or four years in college. I want to say four, um, but um, you know, his durability is, is something I've never seen before. You know, we can switch over to football and talk about Tom Brady, you know, his success and how successful he's been in his in his, in his latter years. But what he's done to be able to you know, lead the league and assist as a as a point forward uh to still elevate you know his game to another level another plateau and i think what this bubble has done for him is it, it really even when the pandemic started it allowed his body to get some rest because if you think about all the years he's played man you know he has logged a lot of minutes man that would have definitely ended probably 99 percent of players career you know he's done a phenomenal job of taking care of his body and was still um, you know, and, ha- and having such a big body has allowed him to be durable, you know. But when you look at that series, I just think, man, you know, what what, what he sees right now is I got to go through the Denver Nuggets and I got to go through a, a young if, – if Boston were to win and beat the Heat, I have to go through a young Boston team, you know, with Tatum and Brown. And um, Kimber Walker hadn't been playing well. I think, you know, just, you know, you can neutralize him as well. And then a tough Miami Heat team that I think Eric Spolcher don't get enough enough credit for being the coach that he is. You know, we can talk about a lot of great coaches, but for some reason he's always left out out of that out of that conversation. So, you know, if he were to win and you know get to a, a NBA champion as a head coach, you know, you got to look at you know that coach has has had some great players, but also this is not one of one of the great teams that Miami has had, but you know, his coaching job along with, as we call it, Godfather, 
Mr. Kentucky himself, Pat Riley, uh, you know, he's definitely behind the decision making, you know, and, and but those two guys have a synergy that's that's so important that when you put a you start putting these pieces together, it has to be conversation between the president and a respectable coach that okay, how we can construct this team right now? What 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 do we need to do? How can we be the best and, and not worry about okay, what's gonna happen in another conference? How can we have the best competitive team that when we put our you know, we, we put our, our team on the floor, we can compete against anyone. And I think as as we go back to the Clippers, I'm gonna go back to uh to Kawhi, is that we make choices. He had he had three choices he could have made. He, well, he had he had three three choices with the Clippers, you know, before he signed the Clippers, the Lakers, and he also had he could have stayed in Toronto, and and then the third choice would have been the Clippers, you know. But I thought, you know, just where the game is at, and just going back to coaching, is that your coach can only do so much. Players have to deliver and execute when they're on the court. That is true. And speaking of that construction too, just flipping to the other side, you know, of the constructing of a team. Assuming Giannis re-signs with Milwaukee, what would you do if you were in charge of the Bucks roster? <laughs> it's funny. I, I was on the phone with one of their uh, one of their one of their head directors today, uh, trying to help a friend looking looking for a job right now. And I was talking to him, and you know that that conversation didn't even come up. You know, um, but you know, if, if I'm him, I'm kind of looking at what guys have done in the past, you know, and what's going to be, you know, you don't want to say your easiest path, but I got to make sure I have the right pieces around me. And there's only so much Milwaukee can do from trying to lure free agents, uh, do some sign and trade. Um, you know, the only piece that's probably tradable would be Chris Middleton. And I don't know how many teams would, would you know, would trade for him. Um, so it's it's a tough situation that he's in, and you know, back to those choices. I think Toronto is a, is a is a great destination for him, and I think Miami would be a great destination. I know they, you know, <laughs> Miami, uh, Toronto put him out last season, and uh, Miami he put him out this year. But but I'm looking at that kind of team, you know, from a standpoint of how could Giannis be in the best situation, you know, to be you know, crown a champion at some point in time. But also it goes back to, you know, his development. And I, and I look at, you know, how he how he turned into Giannis. And I, I think there was a stage that was skipped as far as shooting. I thought what they should have done was, you know, of course, you know, he's long and athletic. Um, you don't have to be a back-to-the-basket banger kind of post player. But they skipped the mid-range. I thought I thought they went straight to him shooting threes, which he never was a great three-point shooter, making one or two occasionally. So I thought what would have made him better is that if I'm looking at this game, I'm like, man, you long and athletic. Your handles aren't bad. I would I would be looking at like a, a Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a prolific shooter, you know, from mid-range to back to the basket, uh, shooting the three. And but there was no but he was always known as a scorer as a shooter. So as you're starting with shooting, you build your way out to the three point line. I thought they skipped the, the, the middle stage of him being a mid range shooter to be able to now you know we add on two or three more inches, two or three more feet to your shooting, two or three more feet. So now we're just going to inch out to that three point line by your third or fourth year. So now he's comfortable taking the you no know, taking those threes. And when you're shooting multiple air balls and games, and you know that's not your shot. 
But analytics or, you know, you think about, oh, man, you got to shoot threes. You know, that's the way the game is right now. You need to know who you are. So I think he needs to get back to understand, okay, man, I got to I got to get back to making mid-range shots because now what teams are doing, they're just guarding the boxes and the elbows. We're not going to let you get inside the paint. And then you, you got to shoot. You got to shoot that. You don't have to shoot the long three. You choose to shoot the long three. But that mid-range is what I thought was always available. But when you can't shoot the mid-range, you don't practice that shot. I know you probably practice, but you can't make it consistently. And that's the difference between him and Kevin, Kevin Durant is that Kevin Durant, and even I, I'll go back to KG, Kevin Garnett. I mean, he was also a guy that, you know, he didn't shoot threes. He figured out, okay, hey, I'm a mid-range shooting. I'm a mid-range you to death to get my 30. But that's where I think his game needs to go to a, 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 a Kevin, Kevin Garnett and a Kevin Durant from, you know, 18 to 20 feet out. So they got to work on change. He got to work on change the game. You know, I know the organization is like, hey, we got to shoot more threes, but – uh, you're going to have enough three-point shooters around you. Yeah. So back to our decision, does uh, he stay or does he go? That's a great question. And I know he is a loyal guy from what I'm understanding. Um, so it seemed like he'll sign this Supermax and they got to build a team around him, but I still think they got to work on that part of his game. You said Miami is – I mean, Milwaukee is, is limited from a free agent standpoint. It's just guys don't care for it as a city – is it kind of that or? It, it is, man. It, it's more the city. Um, and if you take it, you know, most guys, <laughs> man, I'm not going, and I told you, I'm, I'm not a cold weather guy. So if it was anywhere like that, I'm not going, you know, like, it, it, I know you're only going to be there for a few months, but I don't like cold weather. And Miami would be a nice destination like like Miami is a is a great lure for free agent if they have if they have a cap space and if they have the personnel like how can you not and then you have as I said a godfather you have a great coach in Eric Spolcher who has won a championship mm-hmm. as a head coach Mike Boonehoser he's been on that San Antonio staff he's won some championships but he hasn't won one as a head coach so Sometimes you got to go where someone has done something that that has never been done in an organization by their head coach. Yeah, they won a championship with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but that's been, what, 30-something 30, 30 years ago. So now I have to go where I know what Pat Riley has done. I know what Eric Spolcher has done. They have done it. They have done it with the greatest player in the game, and that's something that if Giannis is one of those top three players, sometimes you might have to say, man, you know what? LeBron, as great as he was, he had to leave Cleveland to go get a championship. Mm-hmm. Him to leave his home, his home, this is his home state, to go and help the Miami Heat win a championship. You would have rather for your first championship to be in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. He would have loved for his first championship. But at that point in time, he had to make a, a move that was great for him. It was it wasn't about with the organization, because the organization didn't do enough to bring the players there. But once again, Cleveland is like a Milwaukee from a city standpoint, is that how many top free agents ever have gone to Cleveland and to Milwaukee? When you have LeBron James, who's one of the best facilitators in the game, and he can't draw players, come on. That lets you know what kind of city that you live in. And is, is Salt Lake City at the bottom of the list from a player's perspective? Is it? Believe it or not, I, I kind of like Salt Lake City. Okay. Like, we, we had 
we had our summer league there uh, back in 1996, and we was out there for two for two weeks to be exact. And it, it, it was an interesting city. Like I really did like Salt Lake, man. And I've been out there a few times. You know, of course, we played the Utah Jazz, and it wasn't one of those cities that I was like, man, I wouldn't want to play here. I think it's where I'm in life, and just you know, just from a being settled and and just appreciating like the openness. And knowing you're in a city where, man, you know, it's, it's, it's a different culture out there from the Mormon culture. But I, I just, I, there was something I liked about being in Salt Lake City. I was like, man, I could really live out here. And, uh, but not in Cleveland, Milwaukee, man. It, uh, no, I'm just not feeling them cities. That lake wind ain't your thing, is it? <laughs> when I tell you cold, and not to say that, that you supposed to get cold, but there's a different kind of cold in, in uh and in Wisconsin, <laughs> and when I tell you, like, Wisconsin cold it is a different kind of cold. Michigan has a different kind of cold. Uh, Illinois has a different kind of cold. So there's a different kind of cold that when I when I look at some of these teams, man, I'm like, man, would I really want to go there? And then you put in the Arizona, the Florida, you know, and, uh, of course, California. But players, players I think, look, look at those things now as they kind of – are in position to go to these different organizations. It's more about, okay, does this fit my lifestyle? And, uh, you know, that, that's going to be important, you know, for a lot of these free agents. And it's not really going to be a big, big free agent year for, uh, for like, uh, the top players. I think next year will be better. You know, so Giannis is going to be the big ticket this year. And, you know, you're going to have teams trying to, you know, put, put packages together. I, I think the Golden State is, is, is another attractive place for him. You know, if he's looking at what they can do with their uh, with their second pick and possibly trading a a, um, a Draymond Green or giving up, um, I'm trying to think of my North Carolina kid, not North Carolina, Kansas, uh, Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. So they might have some pieces they can put together. So we'll we'll, we'll see how this thing play out. But Giannis is your uh, he is your big player. You know, you know when when free agents get. Yeah, we talked about. Murray, we talked about AD, talked a little bit about Rondo. Ennis Kendrick isn't playing a lot for Boston right now, but he is in the final four for the Cats from as a member of the Celtics. Gotta get your thoughts on, on Tyler Hero and Bam, what they're doing down there for the Heat. Woo! Man, when I tell you them, them young fellas are exciting to watch, man, and, and, and some of it has to, be, has to be because they came from the University of Kentucky. So that makes me it, it makes it even more enjoyable to watch those guys, you know, just be solid, solidified players on the court, you know. And you can tell, and what's so what's so crazy about Tyler is, you know, he's not even playing like a rookie. You know, he has – and it's something about the culture of Miami. You know, I think when you put that many veterans and those guys on the same team, you know, you start seeing players that, that understand their roles and they play tough defense, you know. One thing I, I tell my kids is that defense travels. I don't care how good your offense is that when your offense is not clicking, what else can you do? Can you get the 50-50 balls? Are you willing to get extra possession for the team? Can you get a timely stop? And that's what they're able to do along with having great leadership and, and Butler. You know, and then, like I said, Eric Spolcher. <laughs> uh, he, he's, a, he's, a he's a championship coach. And when you have that kind of pedigree – and, and you bring in those young guys, man. Like everybody, what I what I like about their team, I can just tell they hold each other accountable. Like I know my brother got my back. There ain't no question 
that my brother has my back. And that's what's important about, you know, when, when you're in the playoff is that that team knows everything about you. So you have to have players that, you know, that can score when the shot clock is winding down, that can create for others. Draga can create. Butler can create. And Bam is just pretty – you know, he, he's become a really good passer, and he protects the rim. And just the whole makeup of that team, man, they, they, they show a lot of toughness, you know, on, on the – on the defensive side, and that's something that, you know, when you're running against a team like that, it's hard to beat a team when everyone is locked in like they've been. And we texted a little bit after that game one against Boston, and, and you said Bam actually got there late on the Tatum dunk attempt. He did. You know what? He, he saw – it was kind of like, do I leave a shooter to go and try to, to get this block? Because the way the game is now – if you drive, you drive, draw, you kick. So do I give up a three or do I go and protect the rim? And he was just like, man, I'm, I'm going to get this ball. You know, and, and Tatum had in his mind. I, so Tatum had in his mind, I'm going to dunk this ball. So there was no pass in Tatum. You know, certain certain guys drive and slow down a little bit. So, you know, they're kind of probing, kind of seeing, um, you know, what spots are open or, you know, what if he comes, you know, what's going to be my next pass, you know, kind of surveying what's going to be open. Tatum had in mind, I'm going to dunk this ball. Bam was in, he was like in between, like, man, I got to shoot it here. I got to go try to block the shot. What if you pass? So you're thinking, he just went for it. And he got there late, but, you know, I mean, my man got some strong wrists, man, because uh, when, you, when you can block a shot with your left hand, <laughs> which is your weak hand, it, it says a lot, man. Hey, that, that dude, Bam, man, he, he's Bam for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bam was like, no. You're not, you're not about to dunk this ball on me. So that was, you know, probably definitely uh, the best defensive play I've seen in the playoffs, especially with someone of Tatum caliber that, you know, that, that finishes at the basket. And, and to deny him, it speaks value for Bam, but also it just speaks value for, you know, that Miami Heat team that, you know, that, that they're on a mission and, you know, they believe that they can get to the NBA Finals. Yeah. Yes. We had the Cats dominating the bubble. We had to hit all of that. Man, and uh, – Y'all that's been listening, Tony knows everybody, has played with everybody. We talked about Giannis's shot and the struggle, and, you know, you talked about them skipping the mid-range. When we were growing up, we all remember Bill Cartwright's shot. When you got to the league, you played with and saw Sean Marion's shot. How did, how did you process even seeing how he shot the ball? You know what, man? Matrix, I call it uh, the Matrix, is one of my good friends. He's from Tennessee. We, we were on the phone. It's so ironic that you bring his name up. We was on the phone last week just talking and reliving some of our memories. One of my – I say, man, when I think about athleticism, one of the, the quicker jumps in the game, was just somebody that I enjoy playing with, quick shot. And he perfected his shot. Like, everybody's shot's not going to be like Ray Allen. Yeah. not going to be like – one of our uh, Kentucky greats, Rex Chapman, Steph Curry. But if you can master your shot and, and, and your craft and be really good at it and work on it all the time, it builds consistency. So even when Sean had that shot and I played with him, I'm like, man, that's an ugly shot. But he made it, though. You know what I'm saying? So no one tried to change the shot. You know, you have all these these these, these shooting gurus that, oh, man, you, you got to shoot like this. And But like I tell my kids when I'm training them, I'm not trying to change your shot unless he just really broke. But if you can make that shot seven, eight, 
nine times out of ten shots, and you do it consistently, stick stick with your shot. Don't change anything. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to uh, your parents, uh, to shooting coaches. And that's the one thing that even as I was coming along as a shooter, um, when I first got to Kentucky, Coach Patino didn't like where my where my release was. But after a while, I never heard him say anything else about me shooting the ball because I made it consistently. And it was like, okay, man, you know what? I'm not messing with your shot. You know, you're, you're good where you're at. Uh, and I think once a coach sees that, personnel sees that, you know, we, we back off. You know, there's no reason for us to, to go and try to change something that you're comfortable with. But when you have, like, a Michael King Gilchrist, I mean, that's a shot that, that had to be changed. There's certain shots in the game that when a player is shooting 20 30% and he can't make shots consistently and it's short, you know, it's all over the place. Like, to me, shooting is when uh, – I remember this one guy, it was a strength conditioning guy with Golden State Warriors. He said he used to rebound the ball for uh, Chris Mullins. And he was telling me, he said, Tony, when Chris Mullins shoots the ball, all his balls, all his shots, his balls land, the ball land in the paint. And I'm like, wow. He said, so rebounding, a shooting drill shouldn't be a rebounding drill. You know, when you got to chase the ball going left, right, the ball's all over the place, that's a bad shooter. He said, good shooters, they make the ball land in the paint. So I started concentrating on when I shoot the ball, soft hand, soft shot. I need that ball with his rim to land in the paint. But when you got to when you got to chase down rebound, when, but like this, when a when a shooting drill becomes a cardio drill for the rebounder, you're a bad shooter. That makes sense. That makes sense, man. Last thing, I know you got to get in and get get to practicing for the youngsters. Nowadays, man, you know, offenses a lot of times just dictate the matchup they want. Get somebody to pick and roll, and okay, I got, I got their power forward on me, and I just do that every time down the court. Are you cool with that, or would you rather see, you know? And sometimes they'll throw a double and make them give the ball up. Are you, yeah. Are you cool with that, or would you rather see guys fight through screens and and stay attached to whoever they're guarding? I mean, I, I would love for them to stay attached, but sometimes, you know, the other team is is, is they're intelligent too. You know, they're trying to create that mismatch, and sometimes you have to switch. If shot clock is winding down, if you get caught up on the screen. Um, you know, you have to make that switch. But now it's about how can I contain the man? And, and there's so many great NBA players with the ball in their hands, man. So whether it's, it's the same guy that's guarding them, it's supposed to be the lead defender. Man, these guys are so good, you know, like 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 you can see a Kawhi guarding a uh, Jamal Murray or a PG, is that these are elite defenders, but he's an elite offensive uh, player. So it's still hard to to be able to guard and contain these guys because these guys have what I teach my players and I work on my players. They have counter moves. Oh, you cut me off going left. Boom. I got this move. Or you cut me off. I got a spin move. I got a step back. Is that they have so many, so many offensive moves in their arsenal. As a defender, I don't, if you have so many moves in your arsenal, I'm just guessing on what you might do. That's all I can do. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just hoping that you missed that shot. And if he, the offensive player is off, then, you know, it's some of his credit to defense, some of his credit that he just missed a shot. Yeah, you know, and you got to know the difference between both. But when a player gets on, like a Jamal Murray, we've seen him get hot. Don't think they weren't trying to double team him. Don't think, you know, a good defender went on him. Don't think a player wasn't taking it personal. He was just cooking. Wow. That makes sense, man. TD, man, we done knocked out another super fun episode. 
when you got practice, when you drove to the gym, about to get your teach on and impart that knowledge. Enjoy it as always. Uh, looking forward to it next week. And we'll be this time next week, we'll be two days away from Kentucky Auburn in football. Yeah, man. Hey, hey, you know what? I, I didn't get to talk about your Cowboys. We'll, we'll bring them up next week, okay? We'll bring up uh, yeah. how Dak played and, and how the receivers didn't play. Uh, you know, I, I didn't get I didn't get a chance to get into my football talk. So tonight, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, Joe Burrow. Is, we'll see the Burrow versus uh, what's his name? Uh, who was our quarterback for uh, the Cleveland Browns? Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. I was thinking about Johnny Menzel. Let you know where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we have two young quarterbacks, and this should be an exciting game. And uh, we'll see who's the better who's the better team in of Ohio. That's right. Yeah, we have to. We got to start juggling football and basketball now. It's yeah, yeah. This fall, yeah. yeah. no doubt. Man, have a, a, a wonderful evening. Y'all catch us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Believe.com, wherever you get your podcast. PD and I will be bringing it every week on Believe Anything. All right, my man. Take care. Have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.